he's been faithful. I could listen to that song and go, God has been good. In spite of all this, God has been good. So the first thing I did is I just filled my mind. I needed, we need to be careful what we're listening to. We need to be careful what we're listening to on the radio. We need to be careful what we're watching on television. Because I'm telling you, if you, you, you fill your mind full of this other junk, and it, you're not going to get where you need to be in the midst of disappointment and in the midst of year like we've all walked through in 2020. Second thing, as I learned, I le- I'm sorry, I leaned on what I knew to be true of God and his, and his word. In the midst of grief, just declaring and making declarations and saying, God, you are still good. No matter how this turns out, you are still good. I had to remind ourselves, we would get almost, um, you know, those of us that were kind of walking together, we'd, it would almost get overwhelming because of how many deaths and how close we were to these people. And we had to stop and we had to kind of remind ourselves, but wait, in the middle of it, we are seeing miracles. There is a lady in our church that was given two weeks left to live. She was in the hospital. She was battling cancer and got COVID on top of that. In the natural, she should be gone. And she walked out of that hospital and is alive today. She literally is a miracle. And there are other testimonies like that that we have to look back and we go, okay, God, this may not, I don't like what I'm seeing right here, but I need to remind myself, you're still doing this over here. And we are still seeing miracles. There are things we're still seeing you answer. So we've got to get to that place, or I found myself having to get to that place of declaring God's word even those things that are not as if they were. I had to get to that place of doing that. And then the third thing is you have to walk in relationship with one another. The one thing that I have watched the enemy do over the last year, and he did it in in lives of people close to us, and, and you know people like this, is get us isolated. He longed, he had... A, uh, a ploy in the midst of all of this to isolate people and cause them to walk alone, cause them to feel like they didn't belong, and all of those, it, it, he just deceived and lied. And when we're in that battle, and if we're in it by ourselves, then we can begin, that's a great way for the enemy to get to pluck us off and pluck us out, you know, and to get us in that place of isolation. Listen, you can't do it alone. I could not have walked through last year. I don't think any of our elders could have losing two men that we had walked with for 20 plus years, close friends. And, uh, and then just all the other things that we walked through, we had to journey that together. And I just want to encourage you, reach out to one another, get on the phone, go to coffee, be in the body, be in the house of God. Be in the house of God. It is so important. I listened, I was told in and then the other night about this. I just thought it was so funny. But a friend of mine is a Messianic rabbi in, in uh, Seattle, Washington. And he was talking about um, back in the, you know, 2000s. And for some of y'all, that's, you know, forever ago. But for some of us, you know. Anyway, th- you had the whole, in the States, so you probably had over here, you had the whole WWJD bracelets and, you know, what would Jesus do? And, and so um, the, the Matt was asking his dad, his dad was asking him, he said, what is that? What is WWJD? And Matt says, oh, it's what would Jesus do? And his dad said, Jesus would go to the synagogue. He'd be in the synagogue. And he's, it, was so, it was so cool. It was like, no, that's where you found Jesus. He's in there ministering. He's d- d- delivering the word of God. He's, he's d- bringing the word alive in the flesh, you know. Anyway, I just thought it was so great. But anyway, so get involved. Be a part. And so as I look back over the last year, filling my mind full of the right things by what I'm listening to, by what I'm watching. Secondly, making sure I'm walking in agreement with my lips for what I know to be true of the word of God. 
and the nature and the character of God. And then the third thing really is doing life with one another. We have to. We have to do life with one another. We can't be isolated. So I want to encourage you. I want you just to bow your heads for just a moment. I'm going to I got something else I want to share with you. But I just want to ask you right now, as you reflect over the last year, what do you need to release? Do you need to release fear? I'm watching people walk in fear of the future. I am praying with people at the front of our church. On, on Sunday mornings, and I'm telling you, the fear that people are walking in from COVID and from everything that happened this last year is crippling for some. Do you need to release fear? Do you need to release anxiety or worry? Do you need to get back relationally with the body of Christ? Do you need to remind yourself of the goodness of God? Ask Holy Spirit for a moment, how, because for all of us, it's affected us. How has the last year and a half affected you? And what does Jesus want to touch in you tonight? So Spirit, you know where we've been. You know what we've walked through. Every individual in this room, you know the journey. I'm thankful you're the Alpha and Omega. You know the beginning from the end. There are things we don't know, things we don't understand, but oh, thank you that you do. And so, Lord, wherever your people are at in their own walk, Spirit, would you touch them? Would you bring them to the place you have for them? Would you free people of worry and fear and anxiety if there's any of that, Lord, I ask, would you fill them? Lord, if they're not walking in relationship with the body of Christ at the level they once maybe did or where you're asking them to go for the days ahead, Jesus, would you bring them into those relationships? Lord, if our, if our lips the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart have not aligned with the word of God and the truth of who you are. Would you align us? Our words have power. And so we're asking, would you align us with the truth of your word? With the character of who our Jesus is? I pray tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's the second thing, and I don't know why, but this has uh, been on my heart and uh, for the last week and a half. So I want to show you this picture real quick. I don't know if you can see that real well, but anyway, it's two jars of coins is what it is. And um, at the end of every night, at the end of every day when I get home, whatever uh, change I have in my pocket goes in that and Bobby throws money in it too. And so I don't know, I think we're actually, we have those two full and we're started on our third one. You know, if I were to take them to the bank, it's probably all $20. It's probably not as much as I think it is. I like to think in my mind that it's probably a few hundred dollars in there. <laughs> but I think I'm probably deceiving myself. It's probably not. But here's the interesting thing about this. 
is um, all of those coins in those jars are not um, in there as a result of something that I purchased and changed that I got back. A lot of those coins are coins that I have found on the street. And those of you who know me very well know that I don't like dirty hands and I don't like to eat, you know, we were talking tonight, but I don't like to eat finger foods really too much. I'll, I'll cut my hot dog up with a, a knife and fork and eat like that. I don't, and my pizza, pizza should be eaten with a fork. And so I'm okay with that. <laughs> but here's the funny thing. There's something about picking up coins that I think I should do. And when I see them in the Target parking lot or, you know, Dunn's or wherever, you know, and it, I think they're mostly dropped by men because we get, reach into our pocket, get our car keys out, and I think the change just falls out. And then people just leave them. But I don't do that. I always, if when I see a penny, if I see a quarter, whatever it is, I pick it up. And you know what I found is half the time they're filthy. You know, cars have ran over it all day. People have stepped on it. Or lots of times they're sticky. And I ever, can never really figure out why are there sticky coins on the, on the ground. But they're are and so in that jar you know there there are sticky coins in that jar because I don't take them home and clean them but um, here's what I know and this is this is the truth of what I wanted to say in all of that every quarter in that jar is worth the same as the next quarter it's sitting next to every penny every dime every nickel a nickel's a nickel whether it's a clean one whether it's a dirty one. Whether it's a clean quarter, it's worth a quarter. If it's a dirty quarter, it's still worth a quarter. The worth is the same. And I felt like over this last week and a half, I don't know why I keep thinking about that, and I keep thinking about worth. And, you know, no matter what our past is, no matter where we've been, some of us grew up in a Christian home and some of us didn't and some of us came to faith late in life and we had this whole life experience of stuff. But you know, our worth is the same. Our worth is the same. No matter what our, that part of our testimony is. And so I think the enemy comes in and he tries to deceive us. And he begins by talking, one of the things he does is talk to us about our worth and he looks at our past and he looks at the things that we've done or haven't done and he begins to deceive us that we're not worthy but i want you to think of these two scriptures psalm 139 is it is absolutely one of my favorite scriptures because it says he and the he is the lord himself knitted and fashioned you together in your mother's womb and Genesis 1 says, you were made in his image, in his likeness. So if I am made in the likeness of God, if I am made in his image, would I ever look to the Lord God? Would I look to Jesus and question his worth? So how, if I wouldn't do that with him, how can I look and, and question my own worth? How can I do that? And then you think God himself gave his son because he wanted you. He wanted relationship with you. So how can I question my worth? Secondly, the enemy deceives us and make him think a little more highly of, their, of ourselves than we ought. That worth coin goes both ways. It goes both ways because pride can set in. 
I can somehow think that my position in life or my ministry, my anointing, whatever monetary blessings I have, whatever I've uh, achieved here on earth, physical appearances, all of those kind of things, I can begin to think somehow that I have, uh, I'm of more value, I'm of more worth than someone else. And if, it, if after all of this last year and a half, surely we've learned in a moment that can all be gone. In a moment that can all be completely changed. And at the end of it all is did I find my worth and my value in Christ alone? Not in what I had done, not in what I had achieved, not in my position. I am of no more, my, my position at Beltway Park is of no more worth or value than anybody else. It's not in any more than a street cleaner. I'm just doing my calling, you're doing yours. What matters is, am I finding my value and my worth in him? So let's pray for just a moment. I don't know who this is for, and I don't even know why, but it has stuck with me this whole week. A quarter's a quarter. Clean or dirty. Jesus loves you. He doesn't want to leave you like you are. He doesn't do that with us. But he does want you to know your beauty, your worth, in the kingdom. He gave himself for you. You're made in his image. But on the flip side of that coin, if there's any pride, there's anything in you that's caused you to look down at others, look at others in a different light, then the same kindness of the Lord that we, that we know has done so much in our lives, it's the same kindness that leads us to a place of repentance and ask us to survive.